under Moneyball. Hello. Are you Elmo? <laughs> Hello. Uh-oh, chase alert, guys. With a, a bunch of links to things that they want me to click on. I probably shouldn't click on them, right? <laughs> chase alert. You yeah, should give them your social and your location. I think so. I think that's the right plan. And your your locations for the next month. <laughs> Just tell them where you're going to be. And all of my loved ones. Give them the address. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Phone numbers. I, I have bet some if you do all that, they'll give you a Tesla. Too. They'll probably give you a Tesla if you do all that. Man, that would be so cool of them. <laughs> Rad. If anyone working with Tesla is listening to the Thunder Moneyball podcast, <laughs> we would love to advertise for you. We all just need our own Cybertruck. <laughs> truck. There are two people in my work that uh, have Teslas and... Uh, the Cybertruck is talked about in, on a not infrequent basis. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not exactly sure that I would really want one, just because it's so uh, so noticeable that, like, I don't know. <laughs> I I don't really. I want to blend. I want to blend in. I don't really want to stand out like that. And I feel like yeah, I would if I drove that. You whites and you're blending in all the time. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, I. Uh, Eddie already has his Cybertruck pre-ordered. He already put the money down. Really? That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Good for him. Going to go well, I think. He's going to be very happy with it. He and Tara getting his real Tesla as we speak. Oh, also, shout out to our close friend, uh, Sarah Neely, who's doing her Phil audition at this moment as we speak, too. There's a nice. re-audition? Audition for uh, what? Like a, a full-time... All the time spot. Yep, and I think it's assistant timpanist also. Oh, sweet. That's that's the gig. The timpani, man. That is just what you want in an orchestra, as far as I'm concerned. Uh I would I would agree with you for the most nah. part. Give me one of those percussion chairs, that's what I want. Oh, that's that's what I used to want anyway. The benefit of, like of timpani is that it is uh, always consistent. You're always gonna be <laughs> doing the same thing, going in and playing the same instrument. Yeah. Then you can sit down most of the time, too. I recognize yeah. that. That true. That too is a very uh, great benefit of the gig. Yeah. I mean, I imagine this position is probably a lot of like crash cymbal and maybe like one or two bell parts, but then timpani. Like that's... I don't know. I feel like that's pretty good and all encompassing. You get a good, you, you get some time to work on some crash symbols and just get your moments in those pieces. That's fun. Sounds and, like pretty much know, what, what I do with, with my orchestra. Yeah. I, it's a, it's not really a titled thing like that, like theirs is, yeah. but I do play all the same sort of things. Who is the principal there now? I think it's Patrick. I don't Patrick, know. We were trying you? to figure that out. Yeah, we don't know. I guess I could use the Google machine here. Yeah, I was like, I just now thought that too. I was like, we were talking about this earlier, and then I did not look it up. Like, I, like it's not available to be accessed. About us, the orchestra. 
Oh man. Here's all the people. Man, I know so many of these people. This is wild. Okay. Yep, Patrick is acting principal. So they haven't had an audition for it yet. Correct. Mm, interesting. Things have been... No, Roger. Roger kind of, Owen's still holding it down. That's right. <laughs> he's, he's the only one from the old guard left. <laughs> yep, still holding it down. I like Roger. Oh, yeah. Ooh, Michael Anderson's got a nice beard. Oh, yeah. He's been working. <laughs> he's been working on that. I like the way this uh, this website is. It's pretty it's pretty nice how you can see everyone's picture and click on their bio and I love the way it's organized. I think it's just very bright. It's like the difference between like a Target and a Walmart, you know? <laughs> just like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You're <laughs> uh, like, oh this is nice. Okay. <laughs> Enough of that. But good luck, Sarah. We love you. Best of luck, Sneely. You don't need luck, you're gonna knock it out of the park. Right, it's nearly two frames, ready to report for business. <laughs> That's a good one. I've never heard that name before. I like oh it. yeah, I have so many nicknames for her. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys think that JJ Redick has played his last basketball game? No, maybe. Me neither. <laughs> maybe. I think yeah. I I understand him ready to be done. I think that. He, you know, like many NBA players, uh, and he's already got his pod, so he's got stuff that he can just be doing. Um, but that itch, man, that itch, especially if the right situation comes up. See, that's the thing. I wonder if it was a situation where he didn't find the right team that would give him the right contract to suit his needs. And that's why he was like, well... I'll go ahead and retire. But I don't know if sometimes professional athletes do this kind of thing it, that would potentially open them up for an opportunity down the line, you know, for someone to pick them up, you know, in March or, or April or whenever. I could see that happening because to me, it's, it's too soon for JJ. I don't know JJ. I'm sure he's a very nice person, but it's too soon to retire, I think. I mean, I think he's still got a few years left, honestly. And especially when you're a shooter, I think for me, it's just that when, when you play the basketball the way he does, you can play for a while. Um, yeah, exactly. Exactly. His game ages very well, as long as you can shoot <laughs> and you can run around screens, which I don't think he's slowed down in that respect at all. So I don't know. I, I could see him being done, but I also could definitely see him very quickly coming back or just taking the year off. And then someone, um, I don't know, someone gets closer and just goes, hey, JJ, come here. Like, let's say Phoenix is just like, JJ, we got rid of some people. Just be here <laughs> and come yeah. get this ring. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could totally see that happening, um, especially because he announced it just recently, you know, and it, we've been in the off season for, for quite a while. I mean, he could have made the decision to retire a lot sooner, you know. I think it was just a circumstantial thing where he didn't find what he wanted for this upcoming season. Um, and he may find what he wants, you know, around uh, March or April in the buyout market. So we'll see. I hope he's not done, honestly, because, you know, I hope I still get to see him play. It's uh, it's interesting because I'm not sure what 
the like what happens when players actually like declare retirement. I'm sure there's some they probably have to file something with the league and there's probably some you know, there's probably some stuff that surrounds that. But you know, you think back like on Ray Allen. Ray Allen never really announced his retirement until like two years after he'd played his last game. So yeah. uh, he just decided he didn't want to play for the you know, unless it was the right situation and, and that didn't happen for him. <clears throat> then there's like right. yeah. I was recently I looked up um I don't know if you guys remember this name, Adrian Peterson. Uh recently I believe I remember that name. Um he is a free agent right now, and he this is the opposite of like a JJ Riddick situation. He is <laughs> actively saying, like, I am ready to play if anyone wants me. And no one wants him. <laughs> no one is hmm. want, no one's wanting to pick him up, even though like you know, historically speaking, he's probably Dang. one of the best running backs ever. Yeah. So yeah. I mean I mean there was a time in his prime where everyone was saying that, and I'm not even close to the NFL at all. I remember. Yeah, I mean he yeah, I I did a little dive on some numbers yesterday and he you know, he uh his peak uh, can compare with literally anyone that has ever done it, but you know, it's also it's not in a direct comparison. They're totally different kind of players, you know. JJ you know, Adrian Peterson was a, a number 1 number two option for a whole team and that's not JJ's game. So what I can guarantee to answer your question sideways, uh, someone is going to ask him to play again. I don't know if he will do it based on some stuff I've heard in his podcast. It just, it feels like maybe he is, uh, I don't know. It feels like maybe he's just ready to, to be done. He's ready to just not do it anymore. He, maybe he doesn't feel like he has the the drive that is necessary to do it right, you know, which I respect a lot if, if that's the case. Yeah. yeah, totally. But he's mm-hmm. uh, he's not the only, I mean, we, we totally missed this earlier in the off season, but Kyle Korver also retired. So yeah, we are, we've lost those two guys, which were two of the biggest sharpshooter uh, run around screen guys that I think we really had in the league and now they're both gone. The only one that's really left for that is Steph. I've got some uh, nutritious nuggets of information about retirement. Please. Uh, Cause I, cool. I got, ve- I got very uh, curious immediately when Eddie was like talking about paperwork and stuff like that. First of all, a uh, thing that clearly makes a lot of sense, but I didn't think about it all. If you're on contract and you retire, you don't get paid. So most people go on the injured reserve list until their contract is out. So they can just keep getting paid until sure. their contract is done and then they retire. Also, that's just a word thing. Just you just saying that you're retiring is just not signing a contract. <laughs> so the, nothing happens. You just that I mean, you get your pension and stuff. Um, if you're in your past your ten years, like most jobs, like whatever your max to get your full amount of salary, pension, right. blah, 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 blah. You can get that. But uh the only rules just depend on who your contract was with last. So like when Michael Jordan retired, he's with the Bulls. So it was, they just brought him back and continued paying him on that same scale. Um, but if you retire as a free agent, anybody can bring you back. Um, but I'd say someone else besides Chicago wanted to bring Michael Jordan back after, while he was still on contract and he retired, then they would have to pay Chicago. <laughs> hmm. They Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it kind of makes sense. I mean, if yeah. the contract just doesn't 
because in a way you're kind of you're breaking your contract by retiring. Yeah. So like, you screwed I, up all their books. Yeah. But it's also like, you can't force a guy to play if he's not willing to, you know, he's not able to do it anymore. Yeah. If he's not physically able to play, you can't. Yeah. I mean, this is I also imagine. kind of, kind of a, a situation in a way with the whole Ben Simmons thing that's happening right, right. now. Like what, what is Philadelphia? What are their options? If Ben well, just does not show up and just does not participate in the season. Here's the thing uh, that I heard about this, which is why agents are very important. He's got the same clauses in his contract as LeBron James. He's getting half of his pay, his payday um, by Friday. (laughs) So he's just going to sit on this thing because he's going to be halfway paid already. (laughs) Like as uh, like half of the pay for the whole season. For the whole contract. <laughs> no way. That's they're, like part gonna, of that kicker. They're giving him what? I mean, what? He's on like a $180 million contract. They're going to hand him $90 million on Friday. Well, like he's already been paid a quarter of it like a week ago. And the other part of it, maybe it is just for the season, but either way, half of this year, like docking his pay is not going to mean anything after Friday because he's already gotten half of his paycheck. So his leverage is kind of insane right now. Mm. I have to feel like there is, there's got to be some sort of out for a team in this situation. I mean, because in theory, if you were to get this contract, if you were, if you were to go and sign one of these contracts, I mean, what you're saying is that Ben Simmons could just literally disappear and not ever like make it, his face shown in the NBA ever again, but they still have to pay him a hundred or like 80, 80 to $90 million. Mm-hmm. Something tells me that that can't be right. Like there can't, there has to be something, uh, some sort of remedy for a team in that situation. You would think, I mean, I know the but players it- union has certainly, uh, gotten a lot stronger and, and made things better for the players, but that's that just straight a, up theft. I was I mean, going to say that's just, a kind way of saying finessing the league. The the players' union has completely finessed the league in being able to do contracts like that. But that's also agents doing a really good job of this is a talent that is a generational talent that you want. You thought um, so. Here you go. Give them their money when they want it. And it may just be this season. I'm not clear on whether or not it's the season or the whole contract. But either way. That's a, you know, if you already have what, I guess that would be 24, $23 million of the, whatever you're supposed to make this season. And they're like, we're going to dock your pay after that. The most they can dock is half of your salary for the season. Whenever it's $23 million, I think you, you just force your way out the way that you want to force your way out. But Daryl Morey is not going to just make a bad trade. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at this pace, at, at this point, with what Ben Simmons has publicly done, which is basically completely tanked his value because everyone yeah. knows he's not coming to the, he's not going to play. So they can't get anything for him. Yeah. Um, 
I, I mean, if I were Daryl Morey, I would I would literally ruin the next three years of the franchise's future just to take a dump <laughs> on Ben Simmons. Like that's how petty I am. I would I would do it, and I'd be I happy. Think their I would best be happy option to do is it. Sacramento. I really think their best option is Sacramento. Get a package, get Buddy Healed, and some other people over for Ben Simmons. Is Portland no longer interested? I can't imagine. I thought I had heard that Portland was interested in Ben Simmons, and I'm all for that. Let's do it. I don't care. Just any of those other teams that are never going to be good because they never pay attention. (laughs) Keep making (laughs) bad choices. Sacramento's head coach is still Luke Walton, is all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's just still Luke Walton. So here's the thing I'm reading. Uh, per Article 6 of the Collective Bargaining Agreement, a player can be fined up to 1 145th of their base compensation uh, apart from being suspended if they fail to attend a game or practice. So Ben mm-hmm. Simmons would have to pay a fine of up to 227000 for every practice and game that he does not attend. Cool. Um, and that is because there is a a failure to render services clause in the CBA. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, he's got so much money, and like, <laughs> even if he did all that, that's still, I mean, what? It's going to take, it'll take f- f- at least four games to get to the million dollar mark. And I mean, he he's he's already got a lot of money. He's probably really not that concerned about that. But if I'm Daryl Morey, I'm definitely making him give it back. <laughs> this is this situation is kind of this is absurd. This is the natural uh, extension of what you know what LeBron really started. But then uh, I think the biggest contributor to this is probably what Kawhi did to San Antonio. Yeah. Um, but certainly, yeah, and then and then, you know, and then AD with New Orleans. Yeah, uh, but Ben didn't bring them uh, to the finals or win a championship or right. uh, make any points in the fourth quarter of the playoffs. <laughs> or, <laughs> or take sh- obvious take open dunks. A completely <laughs> wide open dunk. <laughs> like, Which is going to be, that's going to be like a whole section of the 30 for 30. Where he just like That's gave a, up a dunk. I want, he, I want a whole malice style documentary about that <laughs> that moment. Where he's like, "This is the end of my career. I actually do not want to execute the only operative function of this game, which is to put the ball inside of the basket. I'm going to pass this up to not have points instead. I instead of points, I will choose no points." It's not the first time I've seen that play happen, though. I mean, I, I, I know you guys have seen it, too. Guys will yeah. get under the basket, and you're like, you could make that that shot, but they were never really trying to make that shot. They just yeah. kind of uh, found themselves in that position, but they weren't in that state of mind, you know? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. But not for a star player, all-star, uh, max max guy in the playoffs in the fourth quarter. Who has a contract like game. this where they just yeah. keep their money because they're supposed to be that important. <laughs> Um, also I was looking up the Kings to look up their roster and it's funny because they kind of collaged a bunch of photos together and I thought that the Wikipedia page 
had this picture that just has all of these players in Kings jerseys. It has Zach Lafine, Devin Booker, <laughs> Bam Adebayo, Steph Curry, <laughs> Luka oh Doncic, and Giannis, and Kawhi. All of it. But it's an article, and it's the top seven worst draft mistakes by the Kings in the last 11 years. But that's what I, I was going to say. First. That's probably just what <laughs> Kings fans spend the offseason doing because it starts so early for them. They got to fill it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's true. I feel bad for the I feel bad for the people who are I do not, not the people that too. are that are Sacramento Kings fans, but the people in Sacramento who like <laughs> may want to get into basketball, but like that's <laughs> what they get to choose. Yeah, I yeah. feel bad for that. <laughs> yeah, well, they're similar to Oklahoma City because there's only one, essentially one sports franchise there. I, I think Oklahoma City kind of sort of has two if you want to count baseball, but. but it's, um, I think they have a pretty devoted not fan base the, because of that. The, you the know? days of the Barons and the Blazers, guys. Yeah, that's true. That's, the Barons are pretty good. It's I like going though. to those, Dude, to those I went matches. To so many Blazers games, like yep. a, a, a remarkable amount for how much I don't care that much about hockey. I did enjoy it when I was going. I think I, I went just, to one, and I went to yeah. like I don't know, maybe one or two Red Hawks games. Yeah, but I've never, I never have been yeah. to any of these others. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Um. It's just funny because when they were talking to Ben Simmons about where he might want to go, he said, yeah, and the two California teams. And I was like, that's such a slight to Sacramento. <laughs> See, that's, that is the whole other thing about this situation. Like, if he, if he just had a beef with the Sixers and the way that they've treated him, fine. Like, you're not right in that, but I understand it. Like, I get it. But he's not just doing that. He's then also proceeding to be... And entirely unaware, unself-aware, arrogant <laughs> dude about everything. Like yeah. I don't. You can't. You can't. You can't be in his position and do what he's doing and not expect to be just the most clown of all clowns. It's ridiculous. Um, also, what a depressing Sacramento Kings <clears throat> roster. I'm trying to see who all they'd probably have to give up. I'm thinking it would legitimately have to be a gutting, like De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Hield, and maybe like Maurice Harkless. Did you see that uh, Boogie did something recently where he like, what was it? He he like uploaded a new profile picture or something, but it was it was like of a like an animation of him in a Sacramento jersey. But he Ooh. he like made a big deal about it, so hmm. people were speculating that perhaps. He was going to be going back there. I wouldn't hate it's that. It's because he's got, well, he's got no competition for playing time because it's Alex Len and people like Tristan Thompson and people without even actual pictures on their page. I mean, <laughs> I, they're not going to make the playoffs, but uh, Darren Fox and Boogie, if Boogie like were given free reign, I yeah. think that's at least a competitive uh, team. Yeah, it could be fun. You know, yeah. you know, they'll win, they'll win some bad. games. Rashawn Holmes yeah, is not bad. Um, Marvin Bagley Jr. is he still there? There was something yeah, that happened to him third. earlier. Yeah, didn't he get? Did he get sick or like did he get into some legal trouble or something? Something happened with I him. I don't remember. Yeah, who was their top pick this year? I don't know. One of these people with just the NBA logo instead of their face. I don't know. Uh, Matt Coleman the third. Oh, Davion Mitchell maybe. Davion Mitchell. Hmm. That sounds right. Using the internet machine here. Yeah, Davion Mitchell. Yeah. Uh, De'Aaron Fox says that it was good for the team, that draft pick. Number I miss, nine. I miss De'Aaron De uh, De Fox's hair. 
I miss I miss the swiper no swiping days, dear and Fox. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, well, guys, we got some very exciting news about a documentary that's Showtime is putting out that Russ is pr- producing about himself, which is a pretty baller move to produce a documentary about yourself. I I do have to say, mm-hmm. uh, um, yeah, and he he went on record as saying that he feels like there's a lot of misconceptions about him out there, and he kind of wants to set the record straight in a way. I mean, as soon as you texted me this information, Eddie, I immediately got Julie's attention. And, and I was like, whenever this comes out, we like, we need to plan like a whole evening around this. Like, this is important. <laughs> <laughs> this is really important. No other distractions. Like this is, this is going to be great. I, I'm, I'm really excited for this. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it was like he wanted to make me happy. Like just, just like me specifically, me the person. <laughs> this is for you. <laughs> it's, it's a. My hope is that clearly it clears up some things about him that I think that most people that care or like are been around and understand, feel like they know and may even know in a better way. But also just in general, like NBA players, <laughs> about what it's like to be kind of a spectacle of a person. Yeah. And, yeah. 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 I'm actually kind of like, I, I am very curious to see, obviously, w- what, like, what is, what most of the time is spent on. Because I get the sense that many people, probably most people, will watch this and be surprised. Right. Um, or they would not have made be surprising it. to us, you know what right. I mean? No, like, and the three I, of us. I'm, I have no doubt that something will be surprising to me. And in fact, there is a part of me that is a little worried, uh, <laughs> a little worried that I don't know. I, I can't, I, I don't really know why, but I, just, I know why we're going to find I, out that he's going to say that he and Kevin are still very good friends and they always have been. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not even really upset. I, I you know, I'm not too, too worried about that. I, I, it's mostly just like the, I don't know, like, uh, I'm worried that maybe my concept, my preconcept, uh, my whatever word I'm trying to say. notions. There you go. The notions that I have about him are wrong, which, you know, is maybe true. Maybe everyone is wrong. You know, maybe that's the whole point of what he's doing. But I do like to think that. <laughs> what, if, what if it's like a Kanye-esque just like rant about how all of the people he hates and all the groups of people he hates <laughs> and how basketball is how he takes out all his xenophobia. <laughs> <laughs> and it turns out he's the worst person of all time. Well, <laughs> he just takes a world heel turn where he, that would certainly be surprising. <laughs> Where he's no, like, I mean, yep, I played in Oklahoma City for, was it 10, 11 years? For 11 years because I, I, I was doing everything I could to make white people see me. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, they just gave me money, so I kept staying. Wasn't really, I didn't really like it there. Didn't really like those I- people. No. I know what you're saying, Eddie, about being yeah. a little nervous. He's, like, I don't he's think not going to say anything. I, it, yeah. it's going, I don't think that I'm nervous, but like, I don't, I don't know. It, it's kind of one of those, you know, don't meet your heroes things. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like, <laughs> I have known for a very long time 
that the the most personal interaction that would be satisfactory for me with Russ would be a very simple meet and say, hey, I'm a big fan of yours. Like what you do. Thanks for everything you did in Oklahoma City. Like anything beyond that. And I know for a fact that I would walk away with a bad taste in my mouth. I just know <laughs> because he and I are very different people from what I can tell. And I know that we would probably not get along for an extended period of time. It's just the fact of it. Like it's just I the bet, fact of it. I bet the goal of this documentary is for you to leave feeling differently that you would have been like, Russ and I are a lot alike. Maybe. And, <laughs> you know, it may. I mean, it is certainly going to, you know, they're going to try to humanize this guy because he's not really viewed that way by most people. But the beauty of having him in Oklahoma City for so long um, is that we do, we are aware of that side of him. You know, I'm I'm willing to bet that there is a huge portion of this documentary that is in just an entire focus on his family. And people are probably going to be surprised by that. I mean, I I don't think they're going to be surprised that they're mentioned, but like you know, uh, they're going to get more focus than like, you know, Michael Jordan's kids did in his documentary. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like the, <laughs> right. yeah. those, those kids were a complete afterthought for, for Mike in telling his story. And that's not going to be the case for us. I know that. And all the fashion stuff also like, it's going to be, uh, you know, he's a multifaceted person. Um, so I guess my, I'm interested to see like, is this really going to be just about basketball or, is this going to focus more on the stuff that's not basketball? Um, I don't know. I, I'm very excited. And even though I am a little worried, I, I can tell that part of myself to be quiet and I'll, I'll enjoy yeah. it. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's just two weeks away, right? The premiere date. Isn't uh, it like October, October 15th, 6 PM. It's yeah. called passion play. Russell Westbrook. Passion play. It is uh, oh, wow. co-directed by Gotham Chopra. Chopra. Okay who directed Kobe's muse also for showtime. Right. Mm. Yeah. Also co-directed by Eric LeDru, uh, Donnell, Donnell Beverly and Raynard Westbrook are also co-producers. So that's not surprising. It's going to be great. I mean, if anything, it's going to be, um, it's going to be unique. I know that he's going to put some, there's going to be some stuff in there. that's going to be wild. Even if it's just like, I don't know, graphics or music or whatever. Uh, it's going to stand gonna out. It's going to be him singing Taylor Swift for the intro. <laughs> yeah, probably <laughs> cold open. Just him <laughs> yeah. Yeah. getting in his car, singing, singing Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah. Even if it is that, I'll still love it. Honestly, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> the whole documentary is him singing Taylor Swift. <laughs> it's still going to be great. That is, uh, Just- for the record, that's one of those things that tells me that I might not <laughs> get along with Russ too much. <laughs> <laughs> like Russ, you got to stop singing Taylor Swift, man. Like, <laughs> I, I'm, you got to uh, stop this. <laughs> 1989 is pretty good. It's, she I'm is just a, saying her she, album 1989 is pretty good pop music. There are people that I will succumb to the idea that they are good at what they do, but it's not for me. And I, she's one of those people where it's very clear that she's good at what she does. I, you can't be the, yeah. the biggest pop star alive right yeah. now without, yeah. like, I, you have done something right <laughs> in, some, in some area to get to that point. Yeah. I, I'm not, you know, there's a whole lot that is behind the scenes of Taylor Swift that is that has crafted the Taylor Swift that is out there. And yeah. it's not all her. 
like absolutely not in any way. Yeah, it's it's Kanye. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I mean that that's the same for every big big celebrity like you know that's that's out there. And in fact, I would say the same for Kanye actually. Yep. Um, but we talked about him last week, so that's all. It's all the free free publicity you get. Yay. Oh, and he definitely needs it too. <laughs> People don't talk about Kanye very much. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, you know who they don't talk about though? Mike Dean. And I know that's right. That's yeah, right. I, yeah. I've taken a deep dive on Mike Dean recently, and I've realized that you know the reason I like all of Kanye's music, uh, like post graduation, is because that's the stuff that Mike Dean has been the most heavily involved in. And the more the more I listen to Mike Dean's production, uh, outside of Kanye, I'm like, oh, well, this is the like this is a huge reason why I like this music because yeah, this guy it all works out is, totally is totally. a direct thread in my brain. Yeah, I mean, there's so much that goes into it besides just the artist, you know, and the songs. It's yeah, I mean, producers are really really important to to any album's sound scope you know what i mean i mean it was the first thing i was interested in yeah yeah if you have a good one that really understands the artist and they really work well together i mean that that's when really special music is made i think absolutely We want to talk about next fellas do you want to get into some predictions we want to get into our playlists where we what are we we did. Do you want to talk about some thunder stuff, Eddie? Uh, yeah. I mean, we could, we could, we could jump down that hole a little bit. Um, the other thing I was thinking of was this, uh, this Rolling Stone article. I don't know if you guys saw this from this week. This uh, kind of bombshell sort of uh, anti-vaccination thing in the NBA. Oh yeah. Oh, if I, you guys have seen any of this. That. It's kind Excuse of me. it's kind of a big deal. Um, there's some stuff in there that's like really spicy. Uh, so let's see here. Well, a big a big target was Kyrie because yeah. he is kind of the he is the most high profile of the anti vaxxers in mm-hmm. the at least anti COVID vaccine. You know that's that's yeah. their focus here. But man, if you read some of the stuff that his representative, which is his aunt, uh, is quoted as saying in this article, it is oh, that's healthy. It is frightening. <laughs> it's frightening. It really is kind of. It's like scary. <laughs> um, yeah. But the the big deal is is the fact that like there is a chance that I mean, if Ky- at this at this point right now, if Kyrie does not get vaccinated, he can't play home games for his home team. Right. He he cannot attend Brooklyn Nets home games. Can he play any game in the NBA if he's not vaccinated? Well, he can't play at yeah. Golden State either. He can't play. No, Golden you, State. so you, you you can play if you're a visiting player, which is kind of stupid. Yeah, so it's That's only really stupid. There's only two. There's only two markets right now in the NBA that have made local ma- mandates for venues to have all people vaccinated: San Francisco and New York. But it's only applies to if like you live there. 
So okay, if you if you are an away player, you can go play in away games in those locations if you have not been vaccinated. But if but you're a home tests. player, you can't play. And right now, that affects Kyrie and Andrew Wiggins, who just yeah. applied for a re- religious exemption and was denied. I saw, yeah, I saw league. that. Uh, or not by the league, but by um, the same, whoever makes that decision in San Francisco. Yeah. <clears throat> um, it's just it uh, kind of, it was funny because they put that gif of um, Jimmy Butler on the sideline um, and they were like giving him some reports and where he's like, they're dancing because like the game is going well on the bench and then he just immediately crumples it up and throws it back and it was like the course with Andrew Wiggins religious exemption order yeah no yeah I mean pretty much <laughs> yeah. they're like hey thanks bye <laughs> they threw it away it, it's just I think that this like it's one thing if I don't know there's there's kind of a lot there's a lot to say uh, what I will say I'm really happy about is that Kareem was interviewed for this article and he pretty much came out and said uh, in absolutely no uncertain terms that if you are not vaccinated in the NBA, you should not be allowed to be in the NBA. Like he point blank said it in not even uh, very different words than what I just said, which I am. (laughs) I'm so very grateful for someone like that because that's not a, you know, a, a strong stance like that about something this important is not something that like the big name guys in the league are going to do. And right. that that's a whole larger discussion to be had. I think, uh, you know, why they're not going to do it. What, what, you know, they're looking out for other interests, mostly probably their own financial, all these sorts of things. But the fact that there is a big name, you know, the leading scorer in the entire league's history that has come out and kind of point blank looked at the players, at these guys that are are making these decisions and just saying, like, you are wrong and you are endangering everyone around you and you should not be able to have the privilege of playing in this league because you've made those choices. And, I mean, I, you know... This is just an uh, an added thing to the legacy that already exists of Kareem, which I, I I was thinking about this, and if you if you were to take everything that has that a player has done on a court and off of the court, I don't yeah. think that you could look any like I don't even think it's close to say that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is probably oh, yeah. the most important uh, and influential athlete the NBA's ever had. Bill Russell's is, yeah. is one yeah, of those. Also. Bill Russell's gonna be up there but with him. Yeah. Kareem Kareem and Bill Russell are pretty much the the two. You know, the NFL has someone like Jim Brown. Right. Um but like the, you know and of course you can probably throw Colin Kaepernick in that discussion. Um yeah. Yeah, at this definitely. point with the NFL. But like the NBA mm-hmm. that a lot of guys don't want to get their hands dirty. And you know that is what it is. Uh, but I just really appreciate cream coming out and just kind of throwing it down, you know, not, Definitely. not a uh, whole It's very back. interesting to see what will actually happen because I don't know. Like it's so many, so much of it will just really be about money for the players. 
to where it's so interesting. Cause I'm like even trying to think about like for me in my situation, right. Where it's just like, I'm going to be around students every day. I just like, couldn't feel okay <laughs> in myself to be like, yep. I'm uh, every day possibly exposing a student to illness. <laughs> it's just mm -hmm. like, I wouldn't be able to do it, but like their situation is a little bit different, right? Where it's just like, Hey, it's just the uh, other people that I work with. I probably don't care about that much. And I may not be on this team for very long, but I do need to get this $10 million. Because <laughs> <laughs> why else am I here? Yeah. It's, Man, I, go ahead. I honestly don't see a situation where you could play this upcoming season and not be vaccinated. I, I, I just don't think it would happen. I don't think the league would allow it. I mean, I, you said New York and what was the other city you said? San Francisco. San Francisco? Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been going to shows lately in LA. Every single show I've gone to, I've had to show my vaccination card. I can't imagine that the Los Angeles Lakers or the Los Angeles Clippers would get away with not doing that. You know what I mean? It's it's pretty much like a well, like a mandated thing out here. Well, there's so the the reason that the San Francisco and and New York rules are so big is because they don't they don't have they don't provide an alternative path like a you know like same day testing or something like that, or, or two tests of the, from the immediate day and a pre right. pre quarantine and all this sort of stuff that, uh, a lot of other places are, are allowing, which my guess is probably what is happening with the LA venues, you know, mm -hmm. like the guy, because the guys still have to go through the regular testing and such. Like a lot of the protocols that happened last year are, are going to continue into this year. Um, but, those those two cities in particular are basically like drawing a line in the sand and like no we're not even going to allow that like if you do not have at least one dose of a vaccine you are not allowed to play in this venue i mean if you are a citizen resident of that uh city you know yeah right which is a big deal it's a, it's a bigger deal for Kyrie not only because he uh, is a bigger name than Andrew Wiggins, but he also like, it's not just Brooklyn because this will also apply to any games that they play in New York against the Knicks. So right. he's going to miss not only his home games, which is 41 games plus I guess what two games against the Knicks. I mean, mm -hmm. you're talking about missing ha over half of the season just because you don't want to get a vaccine for whatever reason. And you know, there's, you know, people throw around the, the whatever reason card, but at the, at the, I think at the foundational level of it, I think that you can probably attribute most of people's decision-making to disinformation. And, you know, I, I don't want, I don't mean to disparage anyone that, you know, may have other reasons for not wanting to be vaccinated, but I don't, you know, there is a, there's a certain amount of, um, I don't know, authenticity, I guess, to certain decisions. And I, but I don't think that with this climate that we're in right now, I don't really think you could, you could lay that label on a lot of these guys, this decision. I think it, you know, it's the same thing with everything else we're seeing. You know, there's just, people are not making decisions with correct information or all of the information and it is causing a giant chain of effects uh, down the line. 
it's very it's a it's a difficult topic certainly but I'm, I'm glad that it was addressed i'm glad that it was addressed i'm glad that someone finally came out and like made a big statement about this because it's just kind of been simmering since last season you know the, the people have not nba took the i mean nba was the arbiter the the person the you know the they're the ones that stopped the world when this started like they mm-hmm. shut every they shut it down and then everything else shut down with it so they've yeah. been on the like the the cut the forefront of handling this thing appropriately but now here they are their vaccination rate of their players is less than that of the NFL which is a notoriously conservative sports league and mm-hmm. they just do not seem to be able to take the kind of leadership role in this situation that they were glad to take last year you know yeah all that aside i am perfectly fine with the brooklyn nets not having all their players Yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> yeah, don't get it, Kyrie. Yeah, I, I support you, man. You don't have to get the vaccine. Just uh, you just can't play basketball games, and that's fine with me. <laughs> totally fine with me. It's kind of like that Tom Segura bit where he have you heard him do that bit where he's at the movies and uh, you know someone's crying child is there, you know, and he's just oh, like, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that you couldn't find a babysitter, but guess what? If you can't find a babysitter, then you don't get to go to the movies. <laughs> it's kind of the same thing. <laughs> hey, it's perfectly fine if you don't want to get that vaccine, but guess what? You can't go a lot of places if you don't have it. But, you know, if you don't want to get it, don't get it. Actions have consequences. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Absolutely. Um, here's, here's my thought, fellas, about some predictions. I think that we can do a top three out of each conference um, and maybe an MVP and defensive player of the year. No records, not even a thunder record, but I feel confident yeah. that we could make some pretty, pretty, uh, at least hilarious predictions to laugh <laughs> at later. <laughs> I could do that. I, I can probably I mean, we can, speak intelligently about that. We can wait if you guys want. I mean, I just figured that that, it would be a good time to do it, but I mean, I still I, do it. you're yeah. going to be, you've got another contest next weekend, right? So we're probably not going to the next two. I mean, I have the next two, Yeah, the next so two, either way, either way. I mean, I can record next week. I can record. It didn't matter to me. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, if we want to give it more thought, maybe I should have mentioned it earlier that I wanted to think about that. I mean, truthfully, I didn't really even think about it. I figured we just kind of go, but it's all good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm either, I'm down for either because these 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 songs these songs are they've resonated with me this week. You guys have yeah have, <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm open to either too. I mean, I I feel like we're going to talk about these songs for a while though. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's up to you guys. Let's do the music. Let's ask our listeners. Listeners, what should we do? <laughs> Listener, <laughs> which one? <laughs> Listener, <laughs> you are in the future right now. Please travel back in the past and send us a sign of what we should do. <laughs> I, yes, I would also like to talk about Counting Crows. Let's do it, listener. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, All right, who's uh, Billy Joel who, meets uh, uh, Ben Folds? Yeah, that's Counting Crows. That's what I got from that song. 
Maybe 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 a little Bob Dylan in there as well. I'm the, here the harmonica it. and the his voice are just they just all kind of blend into other people for me. <laughs> so we have our tracks from it was supposed to be like our, our eighth grade, like kind of eighth gradey right before like freshman year of high school, like you know just that era of our time. And I thought it would be a fun idea for us to talk well we've all listened to all of our songs and we'll talk about them what they are in a second but i thought it would be fun to pick our favorite of each other's playlists um our little five track playlists and then try and guess um which song from each person's playlist still resonates with that person uh in a pretty similar way like your feelings about it haven't changed very much and it still means the same to you I'm down. Um, Do it. So Jeremy's tracks, he's got How It's Going to Be, um, by, or How It's Going to Be by Third Eye Blind, Walking Contradiction by Green Day, A Long December by The Counting Crows, Panic by Oscar, and The New Style by Beastie Boys. If there was a less on-brand playlist that Jeremy could have picked... <laughs> <laughs> I'm nothing if not consistent. <laughs> I got to say, um, my favorite playlist, favorite off this playlist, Jeremy's probably Panic by Oscar. Really? Cool. It, it's it's just a vibe. I also noticed that uh, I think four of these, if you look on Spotify, no, three of these, three of these are in the top three of these artist songs. Mm. Do you know which ones those are, Jeremy? Say say that well, one more time. You broke up just a little bit on my end. Oh, um, three of these tracks are in the top five for the artist page on their Spotify's. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Not Walking Contradiction. That's kind of a Green Day deep cut. It uh, is a deep I would cut, say, yeah. I would say a Long December. Ooh, the new style is kind of tough. I'm not, I'm not sure about that, actually. How's it going to be? Probably. Yeah, I would say How's It Gonna Be is probably in the top five for Third Eye Blind. So Counting Crows, Third Eye Blind, and yeah, sure, I'll go Beastie Boys. It's Oscar. Panic is really? like, Panic is, I think it's two or three. Oh, cool. Yeah, they, they only released two albums, um, but both of them are, are just brilliant melodic punk rock music, which is an aesthetic that I really vibe with. Uh, ah, that's cool. What did you like the most from that playlist, Eddie? Um, <clears throat> I mean, I, I, I'm not going to say the Beastie Boys because it's, I feel like it's not fair to say that because it's, for me at least, that's the obvious one that I would choose. Yeah. That's, the only, that's the only one of these that I'd ever heard before. Um, right. Uh, but actually, I, you know, I, I joke about it, but I did like that kind of gross song. I really, I did like it a little bit. Um, that's a beautiful uh, song. Panic was... A kind of a, a a very drastic change in the, the <laughs> flow of the playlist, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I did enjoy the flow of the of the whole playlist. So yeah, it was it was appropriate. I don't know. I, I the thing that I rem, like honestly, the thought that I had the most through all this was thinking about like what my perception of Green Day is, and yeah. then looking up the history of Green Day and realizing that. You know, I, I first heard of Green Day with American Idiot 
And I know that yeah. that's probably what 90% of all people would say. But the fact that like that happened in the like late middle part of their existence is kind of crazy to me. Yeah. Um, but they, they had like this whole kind of thing that happened before, uh, before that song came out, including this, but then like, you know, the same thing I can say with, um, I looked up like both third eye blind and green day on Wikipedia. And, you know, they have those charts where they show like the members of the band and like how long they've been and which progress or whatever. And it's just really interesting to me, um, with bands like this that, you know, they'll keep the name of the group, but it could be like all different people with the exception of like maybe one, you know, there's a, there's a philosophy problem, uh, uh, thought experiment about this with like the ship. I don't know if you guys have heard of this, but yeah, if you have a ship and you slowly start to replace the broken parts on the ship, you know, 10 years later, if you have replaced every single part of the ship, do you still have the same ship? Or is it a different ship now? Um, and so it's kind of, I don't know, it was an interesting thought because I think Third Eye Blind, I think, it, correct me if I'm wrong, Jeremy, but they have almost every single member is different now than when they started with the exception of the, like one guy, right? Uh, two guys. Steven Jenkins, the singer, ha- has been the mainstay and then uh, their drummer, Brad something. Well, he I wasn't even in there name. at the very beginning. He was in the first record, but they had four drummers before him. Oh yeah, Adrian. Yeah, I guess Butley, yeah. <laughs> Steve Bowman, Tim Wright, and Michael Urbaro. Urbano. I don't know. Yeah, I don't they're know. probably insignificant. Obviously, like you know, if you start from the first release, then yeah, they they're the same. Yeah. the same two guys. Um, but yeah, that's just an interesting thing. I that, like. I don't know the music that I find myself listening to these days. It's not. It's usually like one person, <laughs> the name of a person. So like you know, you can't like. I don't think that you could replace Kanye West and still release an album and call it by Kanye West, you know? So it's, it's just a different, mm-hmm. a different kind of aesthetic. Oh, that's what he's doing next, by the way. You'll see. You guys wait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's going to do a parody of himself. Yeah. <laughs> but no, if I, if well, I, if I had to pick one on this, on this playlist that I like the most, I would say it was probably a long December. Yes. Um, cool. Do you want me, yeah. do I need to choose what I think is stuck with you now? Is that yeah, how this with goes? Jeremy, with Jeremy the most. Yeah. We're uh, stuck with what, what hits Jeremy the same? Because I have an idea. Well, okay, so it's it's also I think a, a bit cheating because, well, maybe this doesn't apply. But Jeremy, you did specifically say in the episode last week or two weeks ago that to this day you still think the new style has the greatest bass drop yep. ever. That's so, what I was going to pick. Mm-hmm. I was going to pick. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're still saying that, if that is still in your <laughs> in your, uh, your hard coded lists, then I have to say that that's probably the one that has stuck with you. That's my guess at least. Yeah. 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 What's your guess, Victor? Oh yeah. Definitely oh, a new style. The new style. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough because I feel like all this music sure. has stuck with me, you know, yeah. Yeah. but I was thinking either that beastie boys track, because after everything that I've learned about beastie boys, the past five years, really. I mean, really the past two years, I've really done a deep dive on their whole discography and their whole history. And they had the documentary come out in the book that was like 600 pages that I read. So um, Beastie Boys are actively climbing my list of my favorite artists of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the new style is definitely high up there. But the other one I would say is maybe along December, 
because that song still sounds so sentimental to me. And the first time I heard it, it sounded sentimental. You know, it has that yeah. quality to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd say, I would say one of those, but you know, just to make it clean, I'll say, yeah, new style. You guys got it right. Nice. It is a nice. pretty dope beat drop. Yeah. Yeah. It is pretty I dope. Will, <laughs> if you, if you search YouTube, there is a video of them performing that song with Dave Chappelle on a boat yeah, in I've seen uh, it. the I've Hudson seen it. River. That yeah. sounds yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, the band Oscar, they're in this movie that I really, really like with Kirsten Dunst and Jay Hernandez called Crazy Beautiful. It's like this really nice like high school love story, but it's kind of gritty uh, movie. Nice. But they, they play at a party in that movie. It's oh, cool. cool. Yeah. Yep. You just made me think of mashing up. (laughs) Someone needs to make a mashup of uh, Eternal Sunshine and Train Spotting. (laughs) Oh no! Oh wow! (laughs) Sorry, that's that's where my brain goes. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's go to uh, Victor's tracks next. Circa 2007, Umbrella by Rihanna featuring Jay Z. Buy you a drink, T Pain. Yeah. Hey there, Delilah. By Plain White Tees, which is a very, uh, it's kind of a vague song. Not many people know that one. <laughs> Cupid's Chokehold by Gym Class Heroes and Stronger by Mr. West. Yes. Uh, I had heard most of these songs besides the Gym Class Heroes song. Gym Class Heroes are interesting for me because I was in kind of the, into the scene that they were affiliated with when I was right. in college. Yeah. Um, and a lot of bands that they were tour with or were bands that I were into, but I just, for some reason, I just never really got into them. I, I listened to them some and I, I liked everything that I heard, but mm-hmm. it's kind of a cool take on, you know, rock and hip hop and stuff. I dig that. You know, when I listened to Hey There Delilah, which I haven't heard that song in years, but I still remembered pretty much every word to it. <laughs> that's, it's a great pop song because I feel like if you, if you take the structure of that song and the lyrical content and every, even, you know, the instrumentation and you have the Beatles record it in like 1965 or I'm whenever. so glad you're saying this. Yeah. I also yeah. thought this basically like I want to hold your hand Beatles like that, that kind of Beatles, you know, Ed Sullivan show Beatles. It, it would sound like there was nothing weird about that. Like, I think, I think that kind of pop song transcends genres and transcends years so well it, it just it's timeless in a way it kind of it sounds kind of cliche to say that but but i honestly think that like the bc boy uh, not beastie boys <laughs> the the beatles um it would be weird if the beastie boys did that song uh like the <laughs> everly brothers you know someone someone like that like back in the mid 60s you know I, I i feel like it has that quality to it which really says a lot about the song like my 80 year old grandmother could listen to it and like it and then also my 12 year old niece could listen to it and like it um, I kind of want to get into <laughs> the lore about Hey There Delilah because it's super creepy and cringy and I need to... <laughs> cool. School us. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, so, it, is, it is creepy. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't the, know this. Yeah, school the, me. The lead singer of the Plain White Tees, uh, Tom Higginson, um, he definitely just met this like student at Columbia whose name was Delilah and she had a boyfriend and he was like, I'm going to write you this song <laughs> about, 
<laughs> about <laughs> us and how great <laughs> like and how much I love you. And then he just showed up that was like, here's the song. And then it like blew up and how uncomfortable and upsetting <laughs> would this have to be for this poor person? But then she <laughs> went with, but then she went with him to the Grammys <laughs> that year. Oh, cool. <laughs> well, that's fun. That's very but fun. They're not together. Also, he lost to Amy Winehouse as he should have, because that was rehab. Ah, um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's such a weird song. But <laughs> like we said, very catchy and it, it was indicative of the times, you know, we just, you know, we just, we just, it's, you know, we, <laughs> you can't, can't fault. Yeah, you can. You, you can't fault us for being creepy. You should. That was, that's not okay. Don't <laughs> ever do things like that. <laughs> I mean, to, to the, cre- to the creepy side, you know, there's, you can, you can do the same sort of deep dives in like, just to go back to uh, the band we were talking about earlier that no one's ever heard of the Beatles. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, I think that that is a, it is kind of sort of, uh, you know, one of those, like it was a different era sort of things, but that does not absolve it in any way. Right. Like it's still weird, but outside of like, you know, how this like the 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 muse for the song so to speak i will agree 100% with what you said jeremy like this is a this is a song that is uh far bigger than anyone that could make it like right. this is one of those this is one yeah. of those songs where once you have like once it came out it's like oh i'm i was just the vessel like i was not Right. This isn't my song. This is this song belongs to the universe. It's uh, mm-hmm. it is a very uh, timeless is a perfect way to describe it. Even though that is a a over you know a cliche kind of word, but yeah, like mm-hmm. this you know think think of the song like yesterday. Uh, yesterday, you know, it's this. It's vi- I mean, it's you know, it's not exactly the same, but yeah, yeah, I could hear Paul McCartney singing this over an acoustic guitar, like very. It probably wouldn't be as fast. You probably wouldn't take it quite as fast, be a little slower, but mm-hmm. yeah, this is uh you could put this on anyone. Um, anyone could do this. This reminds me like of um, like going down those rabbit holes of like seeing all the people that have covered heart, uh, uh, heartbreak. Um, that's, is that heartless, heartless Kanye song where like you could, yeah. it can be done. It's, it doesn't have to be done oh, by beautiful. the person that made it. The, fr- the fray it is, uh, it is so good. It goes wherever it needs to go. So yeah, I mean, it's just a, it's just one of those songs, man. <laughs> like, yep. they happen every once in a while, and I don't think anyone really plans on it. You know? Yeah, I feel like it's more difficult for it to happen these days because they're. I don't want to say it's oversaturated because I think everyone should put out all the music. What was the most that recent one of this time. that you can think of? Maybe that little Nas X song. Maybe that one. I mean, everyone like hears that song and it doesn't really have the timeless thing, but just as like a catchy pop song that is like maybe bigger than the artist kind of a thing. I don't even, well, maybe I'm shooting what myself about, in the foot here because I can't Friday remember what it is. By Rebecca Black. <laughs> oh I God. like Friday. <laughs> I like that song. I do. I still listen to it every now and uh, <laughs> Mainly because it's hilarious, you know, but it, it is hella catchy. I'm I mean, thinking probably uh, like uh, Happy 
Yeah, <laughs> the Pharrell yeah, song. Pharrell. That's a good one. Uh, or like you a, could go go before that. You could probably go back to like Daft Punk. Get lucky. Well, like that's, I was gonna uh, say, but since Happy, um, what is the the Bruno Mars, the Uptown Funk? Uptown Funk, yeah, that's another one. Yeah, I think funk. it's 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 in that area. Yeah, I still am not sure that either of those are are even up to this this level. Like this is just uh, like I didn't. I I also have not heard this in years, and I I never even really sat down and listened to this in in any sort of seriousness, but. It's one of those things where you hear it and it just sticks with you whether you wanted it to or not. Yeah. You can't help it. Yeah. And now I'm it's like I don't know why you did that, but you just you uh you reopened that particular drawer deep in the bowels of my brain and that's going to be <laughs> now it's going to uh, be in my, in my mind for uh decades. <laughs> Yeah, if you skip the head listener, we've been talking about buy you a drink for the past five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> actually, though, uh, m- my favorite on this list is actually that Gym Class Hero song, which I, yeah. I have a, a recollection that you showed me this before many, many years ago, or maybe another thing from Gym Class Heroes. Probably. Um, I love that group, man. That, that album is, I just a, really like. It's a yeah. cool song. It's a really cool track. I, I dig the kind of cross the, the 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 blend that they have of the the hippity hop and the rock and roll <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun little there's blend. a this the snare that you like in santeria Eddie. yes now 100 percent. i know no i'm glad you brought this up because the mix <laughs> the mixing on the drums in this song just <laughs> yeah, stellar exactly. they did a yeah. great job <laughs> and i think there's there's two on this playlist that i kind of feel that way the the hi-hat on umbrella <laughs> yeah like is like real that is that is a pavlovian for me like i'll know immediately what song it is immediately just because of the way that that's eq'd yeah yeah totally i know it's crazy to say but i feel like rihanna is still underrated <laughs> Yeah. Like, <laughs> even even though she is a massive, ginormous, iconic pop star, I still think I she's demand, a little underrated. <laughs> I demand the title of the episode be Rihanna is underrated. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 you know she it's a it's not the same as like uh, an Aretha or you know an right. Ella or any yeah, of these. Yeah, yeah. It's a different style, but it is one hundred percent identifiable and yeah, like. Uh, equally as iconic, I think. You know, people will not probably agree to say that until she is very old. Um, right. I, but I I think, think that's that where I, it is. I feel about Rihanna the way most Beyonce fans feel about Beyonce. Where like you said that, and I was like, yes, that's right. <laughs> she is underrated. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. As far as what has stuck with you the most? Uh, oh wait, Jeremy. Wait, wait, Jeremy. What's your favorite one other thing? Oh, I thought he didn't. You also say gym class heroes, or did I misinterpret that? Uh, no, I, I did not say that. Right. I, I think that yeah, it's it's so basic, but I think I'm gonna have to go with stronger. Yeah, I think so. This Ain't is kind of I don't know if you thought about this, Victor, but it's kind of a romantic playlist. You know, like yeah. the first four four songs are are in a way kind of romantic <laughs> songs. Even buy you a drink in a way. It's, romantic you know you just put um, a whole another level of creep into the buy you a drink to hey they're delightful <laughs> hey I it's was about hoping, connection, i was hoping someone you know? would point that out i really oh, was hoping man. someone would point that out 
Yeah, it's you should have done it in the, the opposite order, and then it would have been slightly less creepy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Stronger is off uh, the very first Kanye album that I really got into, which is Graduation. So, yeah, but I don't know. As far as my favorite tracks on that album go, Stronger is actually pretty low on that list, honestly. Yeah. But I mean, it is a it is a great song. Do you guys remember when we were in? Uh, well, you and I were in grad school, Eddie. Someone made a video, like, and it kind of circulated around on Facebook. It kind of sort of went viral of someone, of that song, Stronger by Kanye West. But they had one of those, like, folded paper things, and they had, like, all these things written inside. And they had, like, a whole routine that they did to the song. All you could see was their hands in this little, like, paper thing. I can't remember like the fortune teller what thing, it's called. Like a paper fortune teller yeah. thing? Okay. Yeah, that video is probably still out there somewhere because it was incredibly creative. And someone spent, like, a ton of time on it. And it moved with the song and stuff. I have not seen this video. I, it doesn't sound familiar to me. Let me see if I can do a little search on the YouTube machine. All right, Eddie, what did you think? About well, the one that stuck with me because I, I think I only just now solidified the one that. Yeah, I mean, this, again, this is hard. I don't. I think that. I think that for for both of your guys' lists, it's like I I don't know that there's. I I assume that everything has kind of. Yeah. Stuck with you in in a, in a way. I mean, I don't know, man. I I. I mean, l- l- I'll I'll use uh, some. Uh, some uh, deductive reasoning here. Well, it can't be Hey There, Delilah, because we now know. <laughs> right. Um, I will say that uh, I think that we have, you have been the representative of Mr. T-Pain on this show more than once. That is true. And <laughs> so I think maybe I might have to stay, say that just because of the history uh, on this show, at least, specifically. That would that'll be have be what I say, my guess. I feel the same. Oh wait, you, Jeremy, go. Oh, Jeremy, uh, still. You, did 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 you want me to go? What do you want me to go with? Yeah, I want you to pick what you think is sticking with me. Oh yeah, yeah. I I think I'm gonna go with stronger Kanye West. Okay, that is you both did it because it's a tie for this reason. <laughs> um, <laughs> buy you a drink i sing the exact same way with the same amount of energy as i did the first time that i heard it because the soundscape that t-pain created in the middle the late 2000s the mid to late 2000s is i i don't even it is it's <laughs> i'm iconic. ready for the persecution i'm ready for the persecution it's tantamount <laughs> There you go. <laughs> to, to, to Stravinsky. <laughs> to like being like, wow, what is this? <laughs> I, what? <laughs> exactly. I'm serious. That's, I would like to I would true. like to attend a T Pain riot, please. <laughs> <laughs> Where? The autotune is too much autotune. <laughs> That's what it was. That's what people were saying. It really was. No, I know. And for I was sure. like, yeah. And I'm like, guys, this is really dope, though. Like, do you, do you get that it's really dope? <laughs> but um, I don't know. Stronger by Kanye West is like, uh, you guys know how often I think about just soundtracks to everyday life things. Mm-hmm. And like, it it still pops up most months where I'm like, oh, yeah, like, it's just a part of it's just a part of me, the song. Yeah. 
it's one of the catchiest Kanye choruses ever, I think, mm-hmm. really. I mean, that's everyone gets that stuck in their head when they hear it. It's just great. Yeah. I can't find that video. I it, I know it existed because I remember watching it all the time because I thought it was so cool. Yeah. But it was on Facebook. I remember that too. Like it was circulating around there, but I guess it never found its way to YouTube. Right. Stronger is the, the by far the most popular song on that album. But I agree with you. It is also not my favorite. Yeah, it's not my favorite either. Yeah. But, I mean, come on. Graduation is just chock full of just... Uh, man, Graduation is great. Yeah. I like the ballad off that album the best. The uh, uh, I can't remember the name of it. Which one? There's two or three. <laughs> uh, oh, gosh. You, Let me look it up. The John Mayer one or... No, it's a uh, U.S. graduation track list. I actually haven't listened to this album in a long time. I should do that this week. Part of me is thinking, like, thinking I wonder maybe. It is um, everything I am. Yeah, I love everything oh, yeah. I am. Everything I'm not <laughs> made me every. That's a You're real good classic DJ premiere. DJ premiere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. laid down that, that one lovely piano part and stuff common passed on this beat i made it to a jam yeah and everything i'm not made me everything i am i think that might good life yeah, man that might be my favorite on the album i like the glory a lot i like uh, good life everyone likes good life yeah good life is homecoming homecoming meant a lot to me immediately Coming home that, again. That piano riff, I immediately learned how to play because it like it tore me up immediately. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a great album. Really, really nice album. All right, good let's job, get to Eddie's. Eddie's playlist. Scott, I've got you under my skin by Frank Sinatra. Clocks by Coldplay. Carry on, my wayward son by Kansas. <laughs> by the Kansas. <laughs> Dan <laughs> by Eminem, who I saw today, he is legitimately opening up a restaurant called Mom Spaghetti. We will not have to discuss. I just want you guys to know that that's a thing that's happening. Uh, and the last yes. track is Channel One Sweet by Buddy Rich. I want to see if I can mm. gloss over the idea that Eminem is opening <laughs> a restaurant called Mom Spaghetti. <laughs> I would eat there. I mean, it's about I would, time. I would happily eat there. Uh, I bet it's good spaghetti. Yeah. <laughs> I hope they serve um, lasagna too. Uh, it's no secret that Stan is going to be my favorite thing off of this playlist. I don't feel bad about saying it. I just, it is iconic. Um, I tried to make Channel One sweet that because it did hit me pretty good. But it's still Stan. And honestly, Channel One Suite was a good placement for it to be at the end. It's super high energy. Yeah. Super, super high energy. I liked Stan so much when it came out that it was around the time that I used to go to like CD warehouses and buy used CDs. And I was a big CD guy until like 2000. 17 really <laughs> um but i but i liked the song and i liked dido's voice so much that yeah. uh, i bought one of her albums and it's pretty good 
It's pretty mm-hmm. good. I still listen to it sometimes. Carry on my wayward son has three bar phrasing in parts of it. And I'm a sucker for any kind ah. of uh, pop music that has three bar phrasing. Boo do 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 I remember explaining to my beginning percussionists kind of how time signatures work mm-hmm. and explaining them to them that, you know, four, four equals eight, eight and eight, eight, you group the eighth notes together differently. Usually one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two. And I remember mm-hmm. playing them clocks like, mm-hmm. cause that it does that groove all the way through. Yeah. So that's cool because of that. Um, as far as the one that stuck with you the longest, Eddie, let, let me explain myself, but I think it might be Channel One Suite by Buddy Rich, simply because he's the greatest drummer of all time, probably, uh, and he probably always will be. And that level of artistry through playing, you know, and that precision and stuff like that, that is unmatched on anything. <coughs> you know, that, that we've presented here with our list and everything. It's true. Yeah. I, I would imagine that you don't listen to that song a lot. You probably listen to it this week to just remind yourself, but that kind of stuff I think gets in your psyche and lives forever. I think so. I'd go with a uh, channel one suite, the one that's lasted the longest for you. I will second that. Uh, not particularly, uh, hey. actually it's hey, not, it's, it's, I mean, it's hard. It's, this is a very difficult exercise because like these are all, <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, it these is are all layers the lowest it. bricks in the wall, you know, <laughs> like yeah. if anything falls out, it's going to be bad time. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, I, it's weird because I honestly, like none of these have really stuck with me. Like I haven't listened to any of these. In so a long time, actually. I'm glad uh, you said that is, because Stan is the most recent. Um, what I was going to say was, if you had left Watermelon Man on there, I was going to pick Watermelon Man. Watermelon Man, it would be the one. Uh, yep. that And I took it off. <laughs> I guess because uh, I don't Kansas. know. It just, yeah, because <laughs> we it didn't Kansas. feel in, it didn't feel entirely indicative. I mean, um, I mean, if I had to pick one of these, that was probably the biggest. Influence. It, I would probably have to say clocks, but that's only because I've played it a lot. Like it's yeah. it's been yeah. not just in yeah. my ears listening, but like I have performed that music, you know, which is mm-hmm. different. I, we did play Channel One Suite one time when I was in high school. Uh, it's kind of like a reading exercise, which is ridiculous to read a piece okay. like that. It's insanely hard. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. All right. Um, I guess that I think he just wanted to like judge where we were and see if it was yeah. something that we could do. Um, mm-hmm. And so, like, the, obviously, like, that was a very big moment because, like, I had been wanting to play it for a really long time, and then he finally, like, passed it out, and I was like, oh, man. Like, I, rem- I still remember that rehearsal and looking on my stand and seeing that piece and being like, oh, and then suddenly getting insanely nervous because it's like, oh, <laughs> I have yeah. to play drums now, <laughs> like Buddy Rich. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, his, his drum solo at the end of that, by the way, 
I mean, there are, there are times during it that I, I literally can't tell what he's doing. Like there's a moment where it seems like he's doing an open stroke roll on the snare, but then he's moving around the toms too. But the, the open stroke roll doesn't stop. It just keeps going. I, I have no idea how he did all that stuff. I mean, it's, I'm not sure if this is, this is the one because he also, they also did a West side story suite, which is uh, oh, very, yeah, very similar yeah. in like structure and like how, how it operates. Uh, he also has a giant solo in that, but there's one of these where he does this solo where he does, and there's video of this where he does this single stroke roll that's like insanely fast and he just does it for like two minutes, but he changes mm -hmm. like, he changes where he is on the drum. He changes his dynamics. He changes the intensity. And at one point he gets like, he's doing a single stroke roll up on the rim, on the tips of the sticks, like at the same speed that he was when he was going full out in the middle of the drum, which if you're a drummer out there, you understand how difficult that is yeah. uh, to do <laughs> yeah. that yeah. effectively. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's no one, I don't think they can compare to what Buddy Rich did yeah. uh, for drums, but he was also a notoriously terrible human being. Uh, and there, <laughs> yes, there are yes, he was. <laughs> infinite stories of him being just the biggest jerk on the planet to the people that he that worked for him. So, so just information out there for anyone listening, uh, especially the young ones. Uh, <laughs> everyone eventually is awful, especially if you really like it. <laughs> here's here's the, heroes. the most surprising garbage. Uh, the most surprising fact that I'm learning just now. Clocks is not one of the top five Coldplay songs on Spotify. <laughs> that, that actually makes I sense to me. Wow. Actually, yeah. absolutely that actually makes flabbergasted sense to me. that that is that is true. Like that. Yeah. Can I try to guess the top five? Yeah, I mean, you won't get at least three of them. I would say Viva La Vida is probably up there. Nope, it is not. Really? <laughs> no, Viva La Vida is not. The Scientist. The yes. yes. Yeah. The Scientist is okay. I would say Yellow. Yep, yeah, Yellow is yes, number that's one. Number one. Okay. Uh, I don't even know these other gosh. three. I literally have never heard them. Gosh, if it's not if it's not Viva La Vida, then I don't think anything on that album would be on there. This song has one point uh, six billion listens, and I've never heard it. And I am a fan of Coldplay. A, um, what song is that from? Is what it album a Sky is it from? Full of Stars? No, Sky Full of Stars. Uh -uh. Okay, uh, that's ten. Okay, here's the thing. So these aren't like here's, actual okay. plays. These are like what's popular right now. Yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah. That's, okay, what, that's gotcha, what they gotcha. list here. No, yeah, like Scientist has over a billion listens, which is just insane. Um, I don't think any Kanye song has more than a billion listens. I think he did one where he it was like that one weird song that he did with Paul McCartney and yeah, some other huge name. It was, was Rihanna. That? Oh, yeah, that's the, yeah. Uh, well, there you go. Uh, back to my point. Three <laughs> yeah. lines. Um, yeah. But yeah, like the fact that they, these guys have over a billion listens on a couple of their songs is just insane. And all the rest of these in this list are over 600, 700 million. But crazy. I'm just, I'm surprised now looking at this, even in the top 10, Clocks is not listed. Like this band would not have any of these other songs up here if they yeah. had not made Clocks. Clocks was like just huge for them. I really think that it's kind of what like really, really made them super superstars but is fix you in the top five yes or no it's it's number okay. six but that okay close that so. might be my that's my least my, favorite Coldplay song really yeah 
I don't know why. Some, sometimes I don't like songs that are just like really, really popular and embraced by everybody. <laughs> I, I have like the kind of a punk rock mentality sometimes when it comes fix, to that. I would, I would put fix you in the, the, in the same like uh, neighborhood area as Hey There Delilah in terms of like just it being a fantastic song that could be done by anyone. I think it's not the same yeah, level, right. but it's in the same, same vein. Sparks. Is that in the top five? Uh, no. No. Okay. Darn. I don't know. They, what, they, they, this other one, something just release. like this. What is this? What is that song? I don't know. That Sparks? Song, don't know. No, no, no. no something, something just like this is yeah. name. Oh, yeah. That's the song they did with, uh, well, I guess it was really just uh, Chris Martin, but that's the song they did with Chainsmokers. That's uh, a really good song. I put it on my yeah. run mix all the time, actually. That's, that's why really it has song. almost 2 billion listens. I need to know about, like, what is the Chainsmokers? Did they just hit that time where everyone was always in the club? <laughs> because yeah, it's, every song I've heard by them is just a song like that where I'm like cool but <laughs> they collaborate a lot like that that's kind of their big thing I think is they like collaborating they've collaborated collaborated with Blink-182 a lot they're huge fans of them which obviously is cool in my book it's also number two on theirs so what is closer by the Chainsmokers I don't know that song uh, yeah I know that one too it's just like catchy, upbeat, club dancing music, really. The only Chainsmokers song that I know well is Kanye. Because <laughs> mm. <laughs> it's about Kanye. <laughs> and the hook is, I want to be like Kanye. <laughs> Which... uh. Um. I, support a song that's that simple it's kind of the snakes on a plate bit you know man that, yeah. that movie is just not talked about nearly enough <laughs> <laughs> it just is not talked about nearly enough i don't see it referenced anywhere i don't see any no memes about it like how are you overlooking this gold mine oh man <laughs> uh, my, i remember my, when that came out my hip hop lyrics are something, 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 broken shot like Dame, something, 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 underrated like Rihanna and Snakes on a Plane. <laughs> 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 what a great episode. <laughs> Man. <laughs> the listener is going to have a field day with this. Yeah. If you turn all those I somethings like into just like mumbling, you, know, you just <laughs> wrote a Kanye verse. I just wrote a Chainsmoker <laughs> song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do like the music assignments and the movie assignments. It's always fun to check out stuff that you guys are into, much of which yeah. I don't know about and some of which I do know about, but haven't visited myself in a while and probably wouldn't visit if I wasn't assigned it. So I need a new stuff. Gym Class Heroes album. I can't imagine that they haven't destroyed their lives with drugs, but I would love <laughs> to have more Jim Cloth heroes. They remind me quite yeah. a bit of uh, Glass Animals. Yeah. For some, weird, for some reason. It's not really the same style they, at all, but a little bit. It seems like maybe they're kind of gorillas influenced yeah, too. Yeah, that's you guys very, into gorillas? very, very oh, much the same sort of thing. Definitely. Yeah. Gorillas, Glass yeah. Animals. That first Gorillas album is, is really nice. That's really, really good music. Oh, they tried. Jim Class Heroes tried in 2018 to be back, but apparently it didn't work. They were yeah. on. They were on Field by Ramen. That makes sense. That's why you were seeing them in all those things, Jeremy. Yeah, yeah, like punk punk rock label. 
our boy MC Lars toured with Gym Class Heroes because yeah. he drops their name in one of their songs. Oh, MC Lars. MC Lars just had an album drop. It's pretty good. I I donated to uh, to him making it. <laughs> he, he needed thirty thousand dollars to make it, and he got it. Nice. That's wholesome. Yeah. Hey, real quick, guys. Um, have you guys are you, are you finished with Dave? I finished it finally oh, yeah. two days ago. I, 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 I'm, probably, I am, I'm probably I am like not. way behind. I'm sure. No, oh, you're not finished with no. Dave. Okay, the last cool. episode I watched was the, the Kareem Abdul Jabbar episode. So I've still got that like, oh, like wow. half the okay. season left. That one is excellent. Um, buckle up. Oh, I know. I've. <laughs> this, I mean, I. The I have been episode, yeah. I haven't even been able to avoid spoilers for the most part. I know that I'm. I'm just. It's. Uh, I've passed the point of no yeah. return at this point. That last huh. episode was everything that I wanted it to be, but it was unpredictable at the same time, which is kind of great. And I kind. I kind of sort of feel, and this isn't giving anything away, Eddie, but I kind of sort of feel like that could be the end of the show if they needed it to be. If they didn't get renewed for a next season, it, that would be a decent ending for the show. I mean, there's still lots of things up in the air with the characters and everything, but I certainly hope it gets renewed. I, I looked it up. I haven't seen any any news on it, but... Uh, well, I mean, I, I don't even, I don't even have to see the last five episodes to say that like, there's, there's not another show out there that's making as, uh, like compelling material as this that I can think of. I mean, until we get the next two seasons of Atlanta in a, in a, in a, a very, very fresh, like unexpected kind of way. Yeah. I mean, this is in Atlanta and we've, we've made that comparison many times before, Mm -hmm. but it's true. Like those are the two shows. I I don't know that I would say they're my favorite shows right now because I I am obsessed with Succession and I it's yeah, it's I different. It's different. Yeah. Uh, it's not in the like. There's not. It's not as um. Well, it, it does feel fresh, but it's not like. <laughs> there's not nearly as much like insanity. It is. <laughs> it's yeah, just well, a yeah, different this kind one of. Is, it's very. Uh, it pulls you in because the storyline and the characters and the development is still very good. Dave and Atlanta pull you in because it is such a such a rush to your imagination <laughs> in the way that things can be constructed while still kind of doing the same thing plot-wise and character-wise. Yeah. They're they're very yeah, much yeah. experimenting with how a show is formed. Right. In a way mm-hmm. that that the people at HBO don't, you know, they 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 don't need to. They found the formula that is perfect, and they're not going to break it. Certainly, right. Um, it's also different because that's like more of an ensemble show. And while all these others mm-hmm. are also ensemble shows, there is a, it's a smaller group of people, right? Generally speaking, but yeah, no, I mean, I don't even need to see the rest of it. And I know that the, whatever is left in this season is going to like, you know, uh, blow me out of the water. I'm not even in doubt about that yeah you I'll, gotta at least watch if you don't watch the rest of it watch the penultimate episode good, because I, it's no i am absolutely all kinds watch the rest of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's just a matter of sitting down and making the decision to to do it yeah i mean the last two episodes of rick and morty too similar situation yeah i i stopped on that too because they weren't all out at the time yeah no, it's good. They finally, I, they did it in such a good way. There's just things that people want to know about and they're like, okay, we did it. We're done. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> now all, to move all of on. That, 
all that to say, like, if this were, if what you say is true, Jeremy, and this is the end of the show, I wouldn't be upset about that because I would much rather a show be done when it's uh, supposed when, to be done, when it's supposed to be done, and not when it's too late to be done. Breaking Bad nailed that. Yeah, um, lots of shows yeah. have hit the mark recently. I feel like people are getting better about the pace of it. Or I think the good just place make, did that too. They're just making the the decision like we're not going to try to go. We're not going to try to get any higher than we already are. You know. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I just now restarted watching Succession to get ready. Uh, just things, man. I keep forgetting how early on, um, that like you just kind of realize how kind of awful they all are. Like that first family outing for, and then first episode with that boy playing. He's like, "Here, I'll give you a million dollars." Oh you know, yeah, run. no, that's that's definitely a moment where you're like, "Oh God, I hate everything about this moment. Everything <laughs> exactly. about all of this. I am so upset right now." <laughs> yeah, you know what I want. I want one more Danny McBride show on HBO, or I want Righteous Gemstones. They're to come still, out. I think they're still working on that on season two okay. of that. Okay. Or season three? I forget season two. Season two. They only did the one season, season so far. Yeah. Yeah, I think that they're. I, I have not heard anything about that one being canceled. I'm pretty sure that they've been in production on season two for a while now. They may actually be done already. What did I see that was done? No, that must have been Succession. That I saw they were done shooting. They renewed it. It got renewed in, at least there was an article in July that said that it was renewed for season two. Righteous Gemstones, that is. Oh, maybe they haven't been working on it. Either way, I I still think we'll get another season of that. That one was just on the precipice, too, of like really opening up everything. Yeah. (laughs) I was watching it. It'd be like every episode being like, what is happening? (laughs) (laughs) That show is really kind of like a, it's like a mix of Succession and Dave in a way. It really is. Very, very vaguely. Uh, it is. <laughs> I, I, that show makes me feel uncomfortable about being so entertained by it. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so. Well, I'm looking at the Thunder calendar right now. Yeah. They have a preseason game a week from tomorrow, guys. Mm-hmm. Crazy. They got four preseason games, and then they have uh, they start the regular season on the road against the Utah Jazz Wednesday, October 20th, which is very soon. It That's really three is. weeks away. That's my dad's birthday. Oh, is it really? Nice. Yeah. Nice. You can celebrate with a thunder loss. It'll be great. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> I'm on the road against the Jazz. I, I I'm not liking their chances and for an opener there, but you know, yeah, we'll see. I might see if he wants to do dinner a different night. Not interested <laughs> in that. <laughs> so if we if we if our, if we start if we let's say the official season for us will start uh, two weeks, which will be the what Sunday before the first game. Yeah. So let's uh, let's think about we want to do. Uh, predictions and such. We want to change it up. Do we want to do maybe just thunder Ooh. stuff? Because there is a lot uh, to talk about for the thunder. I mean, right. We don't even really know what the team is right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Mostly. Yeah. And if preseason 
from years past has taught me anything is that we're not going to learn much about the team during preseason either. I don't think. Yeah. Um, just cause we never do. I don't know. I think we should stick with the same thing. I think we should do just the playoff teams, maybe the awards and then like our record. We could do some other over unders like, like playing time for like, like how many minutes is Isaiah Roby going to play? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just don't know who's going to yeah, do like, anything. Uh, who is going to start? Cause why don't I think that's, <laughs> exactly. that is yeah. as yeah. up in the air as anything at this point. Yeah. Like we feel like we yeah. got to figure out that first. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So we can kind of talk on the thread and, and figure out some, some categories, some over under categories and just the basic standards too, that we can mm-hmm. have, uh, you know, informed predictions about next time. And that'll be the focus of our next show. Cool. Absolutely. Sounds good to me. What else you guys got going on the rest of your day? Um, uh, I'm napping. I'm going to make some food, do some laundry. Yeah. Mostly that <laughs> maybe listen to Mike Dean tear apart some synthesizers for a while. I'll watch some more succession nice. while I do I'm some I'm going to send you guys a video that I watched last night that is, if you guys just want to, you, you could put it on the background and, and look at it every once in a while and just be like, ah, that's amazing. And then go about your business. Yeah, I'm down. <laughs> I'm down. Yeah, definitely. I need uh, to watch that Sam Presti video too that you sent. Uh, oh, it was an article. That, yeah. the, the article. article. The Royce Young article. That's a Royce article. Young article. Because oh, oh. Royce is now oh, okay. a writer cool. for, the th- for the NBA. He's, he works for yeah. the NBA uh, writing for the Thunder, covering the Thunder. Which is yeah. pretty sweet. Very nice. It was just Maybe uh, we, a great... He'll stop gushing over Damian Lillard and Kevin Durant then. That'd be nice. Well, yeah. I mean, it was... Uh, and the reason I thought that it would be really important for you guys to read is because it's a return to the the old days of the Thunder and like <laughs> his coverage. And like, I think yeah. you, you you will really enjoy it um, just because it's like a, you know, it's a ride through memory lane with Oklahoma City yeah. and like the what's happened over the last 14 years in for the city. So... Very, very, very nice piece by Royce. Yeah, good. I'll probably read it this afternoon. Yeah. Any other closing thoughts? Um, Shout out to Santa Fe High School Band. She's a really good marching weekend. I'm very proud of them. Good job, T-Wolves. You guys are the T-Wolves, right? No, not Timberwolves. No, no, that's Norman North. Oh, my God. Oh, really? We are just the wolves. We are just the wolves. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. They don't don't need no timber. They need just the wolves. (laughs) No. Gotcha. That's way cooler than T-Wolves anyway. Yeah. Sorry, I just got to protect the pack, y'all. You know, it's... (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. All right. And with that... Thanks so much, everyone, for listening to Thunder Moneyball Podcast. Follow us on social media, if you haven't, at podcast underscore thunder on Twitter and Instagram. Enjoy some football, enjoy some basketball soon, and most importantly, enjoy your life. Bye. Goodbye.